You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. If trees could talk, what would they say? And what would they sound like? I am Groot. I'm sure you've asked that question. And if not, we're going to pause a moment and invite you to think about it right now. Welcome to another episode of Systematic Geekology. We are the priests to the geeks. You know, those particular and peculiar human beings who geek out on things and like to explore how faith and theology relates to it. Joshua, happy Arbor Day. Happy Arbor Day. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We did an episode on Groundhog Day. We did an episode on Earth Day. So why not Arbor Day, everyone's favorite tree holiday. And uh, the reason we're doing this episode, not only because it's Arbor Day, but but also uh, there's a particular comic book that Joshua uh, duped me into, I mean, uh, invited me <laughs> to explore and read, uh, and, and it lends itself to, to Arbor Day. Uh, so we're excited to share this episode with you. I am Will Rose. I am a surfer. I'm also a person who does like mountains and trees. I've been known to hug a few uh, <laughs> and um, also one of the hosts on Systematic Ecology and really excited to be with you today. Joshua, who are you? I am Joshua Knoll. I am a fourth year biblical studies student who is in finals week and uh, having a nice break from that doing this with you today. Um, <laughs> recently, I've been geeking out reading some of the Green Lantern by uh, Jeff Johns, also reading some of the more recent Hellboy by Mike, Mike Magnolia, because I got behind a few years because I forgot that he went back to doing it. Yeah, fun. And I know I've shared this before, but I'm I, my local comic store has an online live show, kind of an auction that they throw up books and you can kind of bid on them or grab them on Facebook Live. And I love watching what they put out there, kind of comics for new comics for the week and older comics back issues. And I love to see where the price, what the prices are in particular comics, whether I have them or not. And I do like to um, do these little kind of online steals where I'm like, oh, I'll take that one. But instead of for $6, can I do it for four? And it's like a comic book from the seventies with a ridiculous cover. And so uh, I do that a couple of times a week and, and just love seeing how they're pricing these comics and what's going on. It's a great uh, online live show that if you want information about that, let me know. I'll get you connected on, uh, through Facebook. Well, today is Arbor day and, uh, uh, Joshua, did you, did you get me anything for Arbor day? What, what gift did you get me for Arbor day? What, um, I am Groot. Ah, yeah, yeah. You gifted me with your uh, digital comics account so I can go read the comic that you suggested that I read for today. Um, Yeah, yeah, I am Groot. Uh, Arbor Day. Um, And and I'm going to do a little segment uh, with you, Joshua, called um, Did You Know? So, Joshua. I don't know much. Did you know the year that Arbor Day began? No. It began a hundred years before I was born in 1872. Uh, Joshua, did you know who the person was that started Arbor Day? 
I didn't even know when it was. Right, right. So, so Sterling Martin, who was this uh, guy who just loved trees, and he was in Nebraska, and in 1872 he had this idea. He goes, we should have a tree planting holiday. We all know that trees are important to our environment, uh, to our lives, to appreciating uh, trees. We'll talk a bit later on. Uh, trees happen a lot. Um in the scripture, in our important uh, literary and uh, imagination, they're just vital to our place in the world. So, so this guy thought it was important, and that's when Arbor Day started. Yeah, Joshua. Yeah, I um, we last week we did a bonus episode for Earth Day that you mentioned, and you know we talked a lot about Captain Planet and being good at the planet. And I know for some people, this kind of seems redundant. We did Earth Day already. Why are you doing Arbor Day tree huggers, whatever? I am a tree hugger. Get over it. Yeah. Um, in Captain Planet, there was uh, one of the episodes that I, I messaged will when it happened because I was just I'm still watching through that, too. Um, he defeats a smog monster, a literal monster made out of smog by driving it through the ah, trees because the trees smog. filter the air. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was uh, that was pretty interesting. Um, also talking about the importance of trees and relating it back to Earth Day. Um, I, I recently was listening to a podcast. Um, I don't I think it was Animals to the Max podcast where they were talking about um, bear cats and how part of why they are in danger right now in the natural habitats because people are, keep cutting down these natural forests hmm. to create palm forests to make palm oil. And it's actually just not – it's destroying them and they are a vital part of the ecology in that area. So – yeah, it just can, you know, it's chain reaction of bad things. We need the trees. Yeah, and I think that Arbor Day, you know, has a long history. You can look it up on your own, uh, wherever source you want to go deeper. But but yeah, go go a little deeper, uh, friends out there listening. Uh, go a little deeper. Uh, Arbor Day's not. I, I would say that when we rank our holidays, that um, I, I doubt there are any gifts being exchanged uh, today or or Hallmark cards that we give to a friend or loved one about Arbor Day. But but it's good to think about the trees and uh, our relationship to the earth and their, their vital part of creation. I remember a particular when I was a first year camp counselor at a camp in the North Carolina mountains, I remember during orientation, um, we planted a tree in this field and over the years it's grown and grown and grown. And, you know, 30 years ago, uh, when I was a camp counselor, it was just a tall, just a small, tiny little twig of a tree. And now it's huge and it provides shade for the campers who play in that field or, or sit under it, uh, with their camp counselor. So it's fun to see them. It takes a long time to grow, but, but man, what, what, a what a vital part, uh, it just goes without saying how important they are to life. And that's, it's important in scripture and our faith as well. We'll get into in a little bit. Um, Joshua, I'll ask another question. Um, who's your favorite fictional or mythical tree in the geek verse? Who, who who out there stands out for you? There's a lot to choose from. Um, obviously, I am Groot. Um, <laughs> the it's in Middle Earth. I think you might mention those. So I, I, I won't, you know. Um, in Narnia, the trees are heard speaking. There's also a tree that walks in Narnia. Um, Lewis says, well, to answer our question earlier, what trees sound like, um, the brushling of the leaves, you could almost hear the words. So that's sort mm-hmm. of their version of speaking in Narnia. Just kind of when you hear the wind going through the leaves and then rattling. Um, but I have to go with, for favorite, geeky tree, Grandma Willow 
from Pocahontas, the awful, awful rendition of that story, but also a good movie. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's on my list as I was looking up, like, what, what are out there? What do people think of like the top mythical trees, speaking trees that, that are out there? And, and <laughs> Grandmother Willow is definitely up there um, at the top. And, and yeah, what there's peaceful sounds that people put on their phones or noisemakers to go to sleep by. And there's the beach, there's the, the trickling water, there's, uh, but there's also breeze through the branches that that almost whispers you in a lullaby to sleep or to reflect on the deeper things of life. And um, so, yeah, like my my favorite, um, I'll have to say the one that kind of the the OG living tree, mythical geeky tree has to be Treebeard from from Lord of the Rings, the Ents like yeah. that. When I read that story and and their whole story and and what was going on, the way they spoke and took their time because it does take a long time for them to grow and they're not rushing for anyone. They're rooted down, uh, and <laughs> they're they're going to take their time. They're on a different time uh, line than than we are. And then of course everyone's favorite is uh, in the geek verse the MCU is is Groot. Um, that that tree and then when it oh man yeah you can go back and watch those movies and, and what a good storyline and eventually <laughs> there's baby Groot there's not just older Groot wise group Groot there is there's there's baby and and then there's teenage Groot uh, angsty rebellious teenage Groot that gets on rocket raccoons um nerves so, <laughs> so yeah there's all kinds of these these trees out there that that root us down and the importance of trees if only Brandon were here to speak on the ints and grandfather and, you know, going into that, uh, that character um, and how, you know, he likes to bring up how the point of Lord of the Rings has to do with how industrialism is bad. So yeah. the roles of the int are particularly important to that. Maybe we'll do an episode on that next year. We'll see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Arbor Day a year from now, we'll, we'll do a whole thing on, on, on ints and, and what Tolkien was trying to get out with that. Oh yeah. Sure. And, if we're going to mention the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, only one thing bothered me. And it's something I also like. Like, I liked it and it bothered me. When Groot says, we are Groot. Mm. There's some some deep stuff, theological stuff that's really good there. But also, we've already established that saying I am Groot is his language. He's not saying I am Groot. So it's yeah. kind of weird that that one time he says we are Groot. Because wouldn't he have said that by saying I am Groot? <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. Okay. So that's you just a, a, you found a little plot hole there in the in the writing. I, I see what you. I think what you they knew it was a plot hole and left it intentionally. So I accept it as an intentional flaw. There you go. There you go. Which which leads us to to kind of why we're doing this. I mean, not only do we you know we value Arbor Day and its role in us thinking about the environment in our lives uh, and the importance of trees, but you know hopefully you may have already listened to. Um, our, our Gwen verse episode where Joshua shares and confesses him <laughs> uh, luring us to read this particular comic. I love comics. I have a big pull list, in my local comic shop. I, uh, um, I read graphic novels. I have, have many, many, many short and long boxes of comics in my house. And now I'm reading digital comics as well. But uh, I had not read this particular comic that Joshua said, hey, have you read this yet? Um, let's do an episode on it that leads into Arbor Day. And, uh, and yes, yeah, so we have another uh, comic that I would have not have read or I would have skipped over because there's only so much in my bandwidth of, of geekiness. Uh, but Joshua lured me to it and I read it and I enjoyed it. Uh, Joshua, what comic is that? 
Yes. Uh, so it's the Rocket Raccoon and Groot uh, Tall Tales. It was released in 2016. Um, half of it was written, and we've talked about this on the show before, actually, but half of it was written by, um, uh, the name's escaping me right now, Scotty Young. Young. Mm-hmm. And the other half was written by Nick Kocher. Um, it, it was a fantastic thing. It, and the thing for me, the reason we're doing it now, actually, in 2016, I had a terrible car accident where I basically died. Mm-hmm. And I was in the middle of collecting this issue by issue because they're mostly one-off stories, a lot of fun. And I got in that car accident while it was still being released. So I missed the last few issues of this series. So I got a comiXology. I downloaded the whole thing because I remembered it recently. And I was like, I want to see what the rest of this was like. I enjoyed most of the rest of it. So now we have the whole thing and uh, we wanted to talk about it. Well, I wanted to talk about it, and I uh, coerced Will to want to talk about it. <laughs> right, right, and and it's a lot of fun. Like Scotty Young's work, he has a very distinct and particular uh, art style. He's first known as an artist, and and uh, very cartoon. I don't even know how to describe it. Cartoony, Calvin and Hobbes, but with an extra geeky flair to it. It's it's really good. And then he. Uh, with his popularity of his art, uh, began doing like variant covers for different comic books, and then got into the writing. And some of them, some of the comic books, he would write and do the art for. And this particular one, he he did the writing for the first. Um, you said what four issues? Four first four issues of this kind of story arc. I believe it was four. It might have been yeah. six. I don't remember how many in it, but he did like the first yeah. half. First, first half of it, and and then and kind of linked himself up with an artist who, man, I love his art, um, Felipe, and I'm, I know I'm going to butcher his last name. I'm horrible with names. Forgive me, Andrade. Um, I think is is what it's yeah. his name. But man, the art is so crisp. It's it's very similar to Scotty Young's art, but yet its own style. Um, and it's just a, a fun story. And we won't go to the whole thing. We just want to suggest that you go out there and find this fun. We, everybody loved them in the movies. They loved their banter, their friendship. Uh, and so here's a way that they, in 2016, capitalized on like, hey, you like them in the movies. Here's the here's a, um, here's a their medium where they were created. Hop in and uh, discover them on another level. That first kind of story arc by, by Scotty Young, um, how would you describe Man. that? What is going on there? <laughs> so, yeah, the first two issues are part of the same story arc. And it actually, it is what made me think of Arbor Day, of all of this, was mm-hmm. um, Rocket's basically playing a trick on Groot, a very cruel trick. But you don't know that. When you're watching this, the two get thrown into this other dimension and they get separated. And Groot goes through this long journey and he keeps having the same map carved into him because you know he's growing he's a tree so he keeps losing the map and he goes through a lot of torture just to find out that rocket was playing a really cruel joke basically that's kind of the gist of it um what did you want to expound expound on that any yeah yeah he, he, um rocket raccoon is is basically pranking him he, he makes him think he's lost or or dead or something so he goes off on on this kind of a uh, quest and and the map yeah is written on uh, Groot and, and it looks like he's tatted up. It looks like he has a bunch of tattoos. And uh, so you're like, wow, you, you know, you, people like to carve into trees. They like to carve their names or carve a heart or will love Cindy into a tr- their favorite tree that they grew up in in their neighborhood or whatever. <laughs> well, it has like these things have been carved into Groot and, and he has to follow it and eventually 
find it. And it starts off is is post um, kind of the context in 2016 is post kind of a reboot of a secret war, Marvel's Secret Wars. And <laughs> there's this new guardian team of Kitty Pride and Venom and Thing and Drax. And they're actually doing kind of a funeral for um, uh, uh, Rocket Raccoon and 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 Groot. And then they kind of they're they're not dead they just got pushed into another dimension and uh so they had this adventure of of rocket raccoon who is the 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 prank is he he's becomes like a overlord or a dictator <laughs> over this yeah. empire and he's almost wearing this like almost darth vader like helmet that makes him look like this kind of overlord and nobody really knows who he is and what who is sent on this they, they have these kind of um uh, parallel characters, uh, one called uh, a mouse called Pockets, not Rocket Raccoon, <laughs> but a mouse called Pockets. And then you have a shrub who says, uh, me are shrub instead of I am <laughs> so, me are shrub. And they're the ones off to kind of go look almost like bounty hunters to go find them and are caught up in all this. So this kind of parallel duo matched up against uh, Rocket and Groot is uh, is pretty funny and hilarious. Oh, yeah. And just to be clear to everybody, carving in trees do not harm them. But uh, Groot being an actual character, <laughs> I do think it harmed him. And that's where I'm like, man, that was messed up, Rocket. <laughs> and yeah, emotionally yeah, we, traumatizing. Yeah, yeah. We don't, trees don't have a, have central nervous systems uh, or, or nerves that we know of. So um, carving in trees we don't that we know of or doesn't hurt them. But for Groot, a sentient being, sentient tree, yeah, yeah, he, he feels that. A fun holiday-related side note. Did you know that trees can feel stress? Mm. Supposedly. Uh, they have the same hormone that humans have when we feel stressed, cortisol, and that's what causes their leaves to change colors in the fall and then fall off. It's uh, That hormone just causes them to conserve energy is all that's happening. They don't die. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Just yeah, a so that was fun fact. Another, another segment of did you know? Did you did know? You know? <laughs> hey, another did you know, uh, Joshua, did you know what the first appearance of Groot was in the Marvel Universe? Uh, not necessarily the movies, but in, in the Marvel Universe. I have no idea. Man, I didn't know this. I thought he was like <laughs> um, in the in like the 2000s when they are rebooting the Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, I thought he'd be older than that. Yes, he shows up in Tales to Astonish number 13 in 1960. He was a creation oh, wow. of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby in Tales to Astonish. And 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 he kind of appeared and oh. different. He made little cameos here and there throughout the decades, uh, but then really showed up. And, and, I, and here's, a, here's a comic book story arc that I never read that I've heard great things about that I want to get to at some point. They, the um, Marvel in 2007 and 2008, had this kind of cosmic crossover called Annihilation. And so they, hmm. they kind of pulled in all these different kind of cosmic uh, beings and heroes. And it's within that story arc that they brought back in, um, uh, kind of rebooted the Guardians of the Galaxy with the team that we know of now for the movie. So this came out before the movie. They brought in Star-Lord and Drax and Rocket Raccoon and and uh, Groot and, and kind of pulled that team together as kind of this new Guardians of the Galaxy. There's an older version of Gar Guardians of the Galaxy back in the 70s, I think, but then they rebooted it um, after this annihilation. So that oh. might be a topic later on down the road, too, that we can we can hop on and read that story arc because I've that heard great thing. things about it but never got around to it. 
that might end up in my comicsology soon. Um, <laughs> I, uh, okay. I know, I know we probably don't have time to hit every issue that is right. in this collection, but the issue right after this, which I have to do a correction. There wasn't two issues. This was a three part story. So it was three issues telling the story we were just talking about. Right. Issue four, I think was my favorite of the whole thing. It's just a okay. random one off and it starts with rocket is playing D and D with the Avengers He's having them all do stuff. And Tony Stark, of all people, my least favorite Marvel character, um, <laughs> keeps being like, and I destroy everything. And I do this. And Rocket's like, no, you have to roll. And he keeps getting aggravated. Tony doesn't want to play right and challenges him to a fantasy football game, which Rocket is thinking is going to be a little nerds thing. And Rocket's going to rule it. Turns out they literally fly to another planet that apparently Tony Stark's just been doing this for a while. And they have this. All fantasy characters, just brutal, like battle football game. That's like, I forget how long it lasts, but it's forever long, like a hundred quarters or something. And <laughs> not, not a good, what was it? They called it like a $10 game or something. <laughs> right, right. So it's not like fantasy football, like pen to pen to paper, like compare stats and see who won the game. Like they're literally on the field uh, playing and it's this battle royale, uh, almost like a Lord of the Rings, uh, um, two sides smashing against each other and using weapons and so it's literally when you say fantasy it's like yeah the fantasy uh sci-fi um kind of genre of of geekiness and 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 they go to uh, go to toe uh we won't we, yeah i encourage if you're gonna read one book man that's a good one to, to find find that issue and read issue it. four a lot of fun. yeah yeah, yeah. It, it does a lot of the the stuff that uh there's a lot of stuff that comes back around. I don't want to spoil anything, but some of the stuff that Tony tries to do in D&D kind of comes back to haunt him because Rocket kind of makes it happen. We'll see. And uh, my favorite is the very ending. Um, well, well, we'll leave that. Just just, just take it as <laughs> the ending. There's, there's some fun. Whoever loses the bet gets kind of embarrassed pretty heavily, and it's quite amusing. You can probably guess who lost the bet since it's a Rocket comic, but yeah, who the it's still pretty is. amusing. It's pretty definitely worth the read. Which is a good opportunity for us to share that on Patreon, we have a D&D group going. <laughs> and, yeah. and if you want to be a part of that, uh, hop on over. And um, we have a fearless uh, dungeon master, I believe TJ. And yeah. uh, I, I think you want to get on. I have not been on it yet just because of time, but, but I want to get on it at some point in the near future. I hear our patrons are having a rough time right now, and so they need help. So ah, you, you could be that help. <laughs> I could be that help. I can invite my, invent my character. Maybe I'll invent a character. In D&D, can you, can you be a living tree? That's a great question for TJ. Ah, can't wait to ask him <laughs> that. Hey, good time to transition over to our talk of theology and philosophy and, and thinking through those things. You know, uh, Joshua, as we lead into that, why do you think there's such like a, a deep, not only physical connection, but also a spiritual connection when it comes to, to trees? Man. Um, great question. <laughs> I, I think a lot of it comes down to the grand narrative of everything. Um, mm. Christ dying on the cross. Like, I feel like God knew from the beginning and this is getting super spiritual, but you know, whatever I'm Pentecostal, I'm allowed to do that. Yeah, yeah um, that's why We're, we're a Christian podcast is fine. Mm -hmm. uh, God knew from the beginning what this story was going to be. He knew from the beginning the significance that trees were going to play in the grand narrative. Um, also, trees have a way in our stories of being very symbolic. So th this is very chicken and egg of 
did we feel the thing first or did we use them as symbols first? You know what I mean? Yeah. When you grow up and you're constantly reading as symbols that willows are kind of this melancholy symbol or when you're constantly reading a tree growing up as a symbol of strength, like an oak tree, then when you see them in nature in real life, you you feel those things. So the question is, did you feel those things and then they became symbols or did they were they symbols? And that's why you feel those things when you see them in nature. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, one of my favorite stories, The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein, you know, is is an incredible story that that we read at camp and and, and in school and, and share this story of this giving tree who gives to us. And and yeah, there's that symbolic um spiritual connection when it comes to to the cross of Christ. But yeah, from the very beginning of um the the story of faith in the book of Genesis, there it is in chapter three, the, this tree of uh the knowledge of of good and evil and and the fruit that we're forbidden to eat and, and whether that's symbolic or whether it's literal, wherever you fall on that on that uh, kind of spectrum of of things, it still has this point of this lesson of of boundaries of a garden of the, our connection uh, to uh, creation. Of course, we're dependent on trees, and they're dependent on us in terms of the the mutuality of carbon dioxide and oxygen, and and what that gives to one another, and the impact it has on ecology. So they are, yeah, from the very beginning, from the first authors of scripture, they were writing into our story this understanding of the importance of of trees. And then even in Norse mythology, you have the the world tree, right? And where the realms are all part of that. So there's this deep connection that humans have always felt felt with trees. And then the trees are used in, in scripture in terms of uh, the first psalm, you know, the first hymn in the hymn book of the Old Testament. Uh, psalm number one, a righteous person is like someone who's planted by streams of water. They're their roots go deep. Uh, the wicked are like those who who are like shaft and blow away. So this idea of a tree being grounded and rooted and sprouting fruit have always been a part of imagery of spirituality and our health when it comes to our, our relationship with God. Um, yeah, and, and then Joshua Lee talked about the cross, the cross of the tree, the the wood of the cross being the tree uh, where salvation is is born from. And then at the end of the story, in Revelation, at the end of uh, this projection and thinking through what things will look like at the very end of all things, there in the middle of uh, the called, the the sanctified, those with God, um, is there with the tree of life that shares that the fruit of this tree is the heal is for the healing of the nations. Uh, so so yeah, there's scientific physical understandings of how important trees are to our ecology and lives and environment in this earth. But yeah, there's a deeper understanding of our spiritual connection with them in scripture as well. Yeah. And the, the Bible says also that we can see the invisible truths of God very clearly in nature. Um, and right. I think trees are one good way to do that. And I'm just kind of telling on myself a little bit. I have three tattoos. Uh, two of them are big branches of trees. Nice. That are symmetrically like across my shoulders and chest. Um, the first one I got was a cherry blossom tree because um, it was something my mom and I always went to the cherry blossom festival in D.C. And cherry blossoms represent new life. Nice. The whole point of that tattoo was to cover up some scars I had from that accident I was talking about. Mm. <laughs> and as the Greek word for new life attached to it. So you see that that truth of new life in the cherry blossoms. 
Um, the other side is a oak tree branch because I just couldn't stand not being asymmetric because I had a tattoo on one side and not on the other side, and I needed one that matched. That's yeah. literally it. Um, and it has the Hebrew word for uh, courage and strength because, you know, my name's Joshua, and that's like the phrase of the book of Joshua. Hmm. And it on that one, you see the leaves changing. You know, you have the green and then the brown and then so on. And you see in the trees the story of resurrection, right? Of dying and coming back again in the spring. Like the seasons kind of tell that story. And I I don't think that's a coincidence. Right, right. So you can relate to Groot in this story of like, you know, there's scars, but there's also tats. There's, you're intimately connected. I see why, I see why you picked this, this particular story arc. That's, that's pretty cool, man. (laughs) What, what is that Greek word for new life for those out there who are curious? Anazao, which, um, I, I don't know if it'll stay. And right now, the the placement name for uh, kind of the thing that holds systematic ecology and hold church, because I have to have them on the same network in order to pay the same price for them on our hosting platform, <laughs> is Anazao Ministries. So that's kind of just a random yeah. fun tidbit. Yeah, there you go. That's cool. And then the Hebrew word uh, for, for courage, what's that? You know, I don't know it off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, I would ask you on this. On Hebrew the is so hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> Hebrew is harder language than Greek. He, he, that's that's for sure. I took both in seminary, but that was a long time ago. Yeah, I um, yeah, I, I occasionally will try to say Greek words and remember them. I very seldomly try to remember the Hebrew words. Um, I actually I have a Hebrew Bible that has like the original language, but it has um, like little footnotes for all of the harder words right. and says what they are on the bottom so that I kind of like, I'm able to keep retail. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping my, my Hebrew professor isn't listening to this, uh, this podcast. <laughs> if you upon it, it's like, well, we, you learned that 20 years ago. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't remember that at all. Um, I had another theme I noticed from this comic series. I wanted to get your take on real quick. Sure. Um, to me, and I'm, I might've just been looking at this too much in the whole series, both our artists and everything, I think there's only one time you really see Groot in the fault, right? Usually he's a supporting character and Groot is pretty much always right, always good. But the one time was, uh, I think it was issue five. There's like this fake Viking kind of planet and the guy's using Groot and treating him like a god and Groot kind of gets, lets that get to his head and is a little blindsided to what's going on. Nice, okay. And I think that might relate back to this theme of we are supposed to care for the planet and be good stewards. We're not supposed to worship the planet. <laughs> and I think that's where trees play their role as supporters, as symbols. But when we try to make them more important than, you know, people or more important than other things, I think that's kind of when we find fault in our relation to nature. Is that, do you think I'm reading too much into it or am I on the no, that's good. I mean, I think you're right. Groot is often portrayed as the benevolent, wise character that that is that is not at fault. I mean, when they made him uh, a baby, he was super cute, and then when he's a teenager, like, <laughs> oh my gosh, these these uh, these teenagers and and their games or whatever. Uh, but but I do think uh, older, wiser Groot is 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 hard to find fault with. But it is interesting that even even Groot, as benevolent as he is, as good as he is, when when he's being lifted up and idealized um, of. Uh, as as put on a high pedestal, then then it goes to even Groot's ego gets big and he starts inflating, overthinking or or overvaluing himself. And I I think you're right. Like anyone can fall um, 
to that. And I even think the story of, of Genesis is, is really humankind um, wanting to be like God or exalting themselves above God or reaching for things they shouldn't be reaching for. And so, so yeah, there's the ultimate um, kind of challenge and cautionary tale to, to not do that. Let God be God. We, yeah, trees are important, but, but we're on the same playing field. We're, they are part of creation, not the creator. We have a, a symbiotic relationship with one another and dependent on one another. And uh, that that's where the relationship stands and is. Yeah. I think God gave us trees to support our life and to be symbols. And um, we are to be good stewards of what God's given us, but that's about it. Uh, hey, before we wrap up, did you have any single issue other than the ones we talked about that really stood out in this series? No, nah, I mean, I, I I think that um, definitely the D&D game and the fantasy football, as someone who very amateur D&D, but also plays fantasy football, <laughs> I related a lot to that. And it was, it was, the character development was super fun. But I just can't get over the first um, uh three issues and, and the art and the pacing and the, I just love a good space story. And if you have good art that portrays the galaxies and the stars and interstellar and quantum uh, leaps, I'm, I'm, I'm there, I'm there for it. And I just, I, I couldn't, it's just a gorgeous book. And that's oh, yeah. um, a few of the issues looked very Calvin and Hobbes. I liked that. Uh, one last mm-hmm. issue I want to do a shout out to issue seven. There's a lot of fake funerals. <laughs> And the morbid humor in me found that episode, <laughs> that episode, that issue particularly amusing. It is very episodic as far as things go. You first three tell its own story. I think the last three are the Gwynpool story, which I don't like Gwynpool. So whatever. Right. I know you would. But all the ones that. in between are very. I'm like, you don't like that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the art is good in that one, too. The art is really crisp. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's still good. It's just Gwynpool's in it. So it's less good. Yeah, and and uh, Joshua, you you confess that you've started attending a, a a Lutheran church, and I'm a Lutheran minister. And did you know another segment of Did you know? Are you ready? Did you know? <laughs> all right, all right. Here we go. Martin Luther was asked, "What if you knew the world would end tomorrow? What would you do?" Did you know what Martin Luther said in response to that? Uh, was it drink beer? Because that sounds like what he'd say. <laughs> no, he said, "I would plant a tree. I would plant a tree." Oh, that's a good one. Now there, I, I do, I do have a um, Luther scholar in my congregation who taught at seminary and, and universities, and he says it's very, is is one of those legendary quotes. We don't know if he really said it, but it's been passed around a lot. It could be one of his tabletop books that you know his students used to sit around and write down the things that Martin Luther said while they're eating dinner, and, and it might have shown up in there. So it may be just a legendary quote, but it's one of those quotes like, "If you knew the world was going to end tomorrow, what would you do?" And uh, Martin Luther said, "I'd plant a tree." In other words, I'm going to care for the earth. Now I'm going to live in the moment. I'll still do good because that's what I'm called to do. I'm not going to take all my resources and, and blow it or, or, you know, try to scratch off everything from my bucket list. I'm going to plant a tree because I'm still called to take care of creation and, and one another. Yeah. Um, and while we're talking about caring for trees, planting trees, all that, call back to something I mentioned earlier with the bear cat situation where we're cutting down trees because I don't know if you know this palm oil is the oil most used in the products that we consume and a lot of places are cutting down these forests to create palm oils there is a list by the world wildlife fund that uh, lists the companies that refuse to use the oil from these places that are cutting down the trees Hershey is actually one of them Hershey is safe it is good (laughs) 
But you could go through this list. You can go to the bottom and see, hey, maybe I want to avoid buying stuff from these things because honestly, you kind of vote with your money when it comes to this stuff. If you support places that are okay with demolishing the creation that we were called to be good stewards of, they're going to continue to demolish the creations that we're called to be good stewards of. Whereas if you support Hershey and everyone buy me a Snickers bar, then, you know, we're, we're on the right track. Yeah, I heard that Nutella isn't Nutella on that uh, list of like things that use a lot of palm oil that could be harmful because there's a friends of ours that live in France that had Nutella, but it was a different version because they like they said they didn't want to use Nutella because that's the one that used a lot of palm oil. So don't know. We don't not that Nutella wants to be a sponsor of this particular podcast and we don't want to degrade them, but just that those are one of the things that I that I heard about Nutella and, and palm oil. I don't know off the top of my head. But there's a search bar here. I can type in a company. So we'll see if Nutella comes up. Yeah. Um, it doesn't look like it's coming up. It's probably not. The company is probably isn't called Nutella then, huh? Yeah. I wonder if, you know, hopefully we won't get a defamation lawsuit against us for me. But you're right. Like in terms of resources, whether it's palm oil or just cutting down streets for deforestation, just for uh, industrial relation or just kind of building like a bunch of housing. How how do we use the environment around us for, or do that and plant more trees? The Lorax would want us to plant more trees. Uh, And um, in, in that call from scripture, being good stewards of creation is, is up. Yeah. And again, Trees are here to support. I'm not saying don't use paper or anything like that. I mean, use less if you can, obviously. But um, yeah, you don't need to freak out about it. God isn't waiting with a big stick because you supported a company that, you know, did something bad. But I do think it's a way to please the Lord is to be a good steward of what he's given us. Um, and, you know, give what you take. You used a lot of paper this month. Go plant a tree. Amen. Yeah. Amen. All right. Let's wrap this up, Joshua. All right, let's do it. Joshua, any recommendations? What are some things out there that that you'd like to share with our um, awesome listeners? You know, this is not related at all, but I'm also recommending it for Will because I got it on my Comixology now because I read it before and was like, I want Will to read it. So I got it on my Comixology. (laughs) That's what I do now when I want Will to read something. (laughs) So it's uh, Hellboy and the BPRD. And a, a two-issue story within that overarching story is The Secret of the Chesbro House. Oh. Issue one's good. Issue two is wild. So I think it's worth a read. And it's not very long. It's just two issues. Yeah, we should probably do. Maybe maybe we wait till October or, you know, you know our <laughs> seasonal comics. But, but doing yeah. a Hellboy <laughs> character dive and reading some things and, and reviewing the the movies and there's the reboot movie that wasn't like all my favorite, but like, man, what a, what an incredible character that was created. And again, that tension of nature and nurture and where you're from and uh, your value hero and villain. Oh, yeah. uh, it's so good. It's so really, deep. really good. The remake might not have been your favorite, but the monsters in that were, were a lot more terrifying than the movie was like that. Uh, the concepts that like what they drew for that, I was like, man, yep. This yep. could have been great. <laughs> Yeah. Well, good. Um, yeah, my, my recommendation, uh, is I, I shared it, um, uh, in, in another episode, but I'm, I'm still reading it. It's, uh, Madeline, uh, Le Engel, who wrote a wrinkle in time, 
uh, wrote a book on how faith relates to art and it's called walking on water. And it's, it's a book where she shares her faith and, and I, a wrinkle in time is one of my favorite childhood books, but then thinking back and rereading it kind of like there's Narnia books. You can keep going back to it and find a great blend of, of faith and science and supernatural and family and friendship and uh, fantastic, fantastic book. And uh, her writing the book, walking on water, uh, her reflections on faith and art is is fantastic as well. She shares her faith and how she kind of like what we're doing with systematic ecology with the things we geek out on and then talking about the theology and philosophy behind it or, or connections with it. That's what she does in that book with her own writing and her creating and, and art itself. Nice. Nice. Um, I'm, I'm Joshua Noel. If you want to hear more from me, you can, wherever you're listening now, just look up the whole church podcast. I am one of the co-hosts there as well as, you know, TJ Tiberius Juan, the one and only, the great Blackwell, the other co-host there. Um, you can also go to our website, systematicecology.org, hit host. There's a drop-down menu. All of us have the shows we're on and other random things we've guested on. Just if you hit one of our names, you can hit Joshua, you can hit TJ. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, and you can find me on the socials as well. I'm out there, but but I've been kind of saying it a few episodes as, as a joke, but I'm not really joking. Like if you you can find me in Chapel Hill, that if you are in the Triangle area, Durham, Raleigh, Chapel Hill, and you want to uh, grab a coffee or a beer and hang out and talk geeky things, or if you have a child or uh, you're coming to grad school up here or just coming to college at, at UNC, we'd love to connect with you and show you around and, and let you park at the church for free because we're right across the street from the university. Yeah. Uh, there was a Catholic church in uh, Wrightsville Beach when I went to UNCW that let us all park there. We went to the beach, and um, I'm still friends with some of the people from that church because, man, that was just a nice thing they did. St. Teresa? Maybe. I don't remember the yeah. name of the church. I know some of the people. That is right down from the road, from, right down the road from the house I grew up in, Joshua. You're right there. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Right. I grew up on the south end of Rysel Beach, and my parents are still in the house that I grew up in, so we get down there often. Yep. I'm visiting uh, Memorial Day for a friend's wedding. I'm super excited. Nice. Fun. Well, thank you guys for listening. We hope you have a fantastic Arbor Day. Go out, hug a tree, breathe in the oxygen, and give thanks for the trees, and, and think of ways that you can continue to care for creation and, and give thanks for all the gifts God has given us. We're glad that you can be a part of uh, Systematic Ecology. Uh, chime in, let us know who you are and what you're up to and what you can get on. And remember, share the faith, share the geek. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.